Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magalie on a Journey. I'm your host, Magalie Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the show with an extremely special guest this week. We have Alex Arteaga on. Alex is a holistic therapist, energy alchemist, and spiritual mentor who works with her clients to accompany them on their transformation journey. Alex, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you, Magali. It is my pleasure to be here and I am honored to be part of this podcast. I love it. Thank you so much. Yay. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So um, a little background. We actually know each other through our dear husbands. Uh, Thanks to them. I feel so grateful because I got another amazing soul sister in my circle. Yeah, it's been beautiful to get to know you, follow your journey. And even I feel like in the last years, being able to learn from and experience the different therapies and your healing energy. Um, so, yeah, it's been really beautiful to get to know you. Yes, me too. And we've had to, we've had different events, <laughs> weddings, uh, trips where getting to know each other has been amazing. And I love it because, like you said, our husbands know each other. But the fact that we resonate on the same topics, I'm like, oh, she's my friend. <laughs> she's my friend. She's not, she's not like Raul's wife. She's my friend. <laughs> 100% agree. I actually think they know more about our like couple's lives and stuff through us talking than through them talking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> amazing. Okay, so today you're this amazing holistic therapist um, helping women transform themselves. You have amazing courses. You also have amazing podcast, but let's back up a little bit. How did you get here? What's your story? What's your background? Um, Just so the audience can get to know you. Sure, sure. So I'm Alex. I was born in Ecuador. And when I was 10, I moved to the United States. And I think that's when my first uh, process started, because even though I was so little, I was starting to question everything, you know, like cultures and beliefs. And I'm like, hey, why do they believe this in Ecuador and they don't do that over here? And so that's when this little, I like to call it like this little rebel inside of me started to just question everything. And my parents didn't like it so much, but <laughs> but it, it is a part of who I am in essence. I'm always questioning life and just philosophizing about everything. And then as I got older, When I was living in New York City, I guess I just put so much pressure on myself about everything, my career, my side goals, my just like fitness goals. I decided to, while I was studying my master's, while I was working, while I was living in New York City, that New York City is already a very, very hectic city. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to participate in a bodybuilding competition. And obviously the preparation for that. And it was just so much, so much, so much on on my shoulders at that moment that my entire body just crumbled, Um, both hormonally, physically, mentally, emotionally. And later on, I got to understand that at a more profound level, at a soul level, obviously I was very um, just 
needing that connection. And I'm very grateful for that moment that I lived that was very hard. I developed an eating disorder. I uh, had no relationships. Like I had maybe one friend. I'm so grateful for her because she was there, even though I was not the friendliest of, of people at that time. But yeah, I could see how my life was just not harmonious at all. But I'm so grateful for that, for that hardship that I went because that allowed me to understand that the only person that was able to get out of that situation was myself. And I understood it because I kept going to different doctors uh, to deal with my hormonal problems. Um, I went to psychologists and I like would walk out feeling maybe the same, sometimes worse. So I was like, oh no, I think I'm going to have to do this on my own. And that's how, when I was just reading and always questioning life, I just discovered the world of energy. And when I understood how energy works and how we are energy, I'm like, oh, I understand what's happening now. Like everything is just manifesting at a physical level because at a more profound at the root level, you know, I need to go back and fix that. So that's when I understood everything. That's when I opened up to this uh, perception that was just, it was always there, but it was not awakened. And I was able to, from that understanding, I'd like to say inner standing, from that inner standing, I, I was literally able to see the world from a different perspective and not just see it, but feel it and therefore do something about that. And my life radically changed. I mean, obviously I'm summarizing yeah. something that <laughs> I could go on for two hours, but I, that's pretty much the summary of everything. But that's how I got into the energetic world and I understood the spiritual world. And um, one thing led to another. I, I, I studied psychology this is something I wanted to mention. I, I, in my undergrad, I studied psychology. And so I had this huge faith in psychologists. But when I experienced going to different psychologists and I didn't feel better, I'm like, there has to be more. I can't like be hitting a wall. And that's when I discovered the world of therapy and how holistic therapy can, this, this view of being able to see the self as more than just a brain or a mind, even just emotions, but much more than that, that's when things started to click for me. And so that's when I just devoted myself to learning uh, about different holistic therapies. And I am now a family constellator. It is a systemic therapy. And it just, it makes so much sense for me. It resonates so much with my soul. And I, I mean, that's what I'm dedicated <laughs> to do now. And I hope that other people can resonate with it as well. Obviously, respecting that everyone resonates with different things. But for me, that's what worked. Mm, I love that. I loved the inner standing. That's beautiful. I think that, yeah, the our deepest work is that understanding our inner world. Um, it's, there's so much there. And I'm so excited. There's so many things that we could be talking about in this conversations, but we chose to focus on family constellations because again, it's something that you're now doing a lot that has helped you. And I think I've only really heard of this in like a lot just through Raul and his friends and you guys in Ecuador, but it's really something I haven't heard that much in the US or even 
uh, in Europe. And so I'm excited to bring this topic to this podcast and to people who might not have yeah, heard what it is. I got into family constellations. It was one thing that led to another. I started off with holistic nutrition and then I went into um, biomagnetism, which is another one that's not very well known. It works with magnets, but it's based off on bioenergetics. So it's understanding the biology of a person from an energetic standpoint. And just one thing led to another where I was invited to attend a constellation. And that's when everything just clicked for me. I'm like, yes, it, I am part of something more than just myself. And that's what family constellations is. It is a systemic therapy that views the self or views the person or the patient as part of a system, as part of an organization or organism. And that's what made sense to me because personally, part of everything that escalated into me having this hard moment in my life was because I was dealing with problems with my family. I didn't know how to talk to my dad. I was like bickering and my brothers and this and that. And it was like, ah, get them out. And when I moved to New York thinking I would like get them out, you know, in the kindest of ways, because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm Latin. At least that's the way my family works. It's like, you're bounded to your family forever. So when I mean like get them out, it's like, yeah, to an extent, um, that didn't fix anything at all. If anything, it crumbled more. So I'm like, how, why is this not getting any better? And it's because we are part of a system. We are part of a family that's not just our immediate family, but it goes back generations and generations and generations. And that led me to understand that, okay, as part of this organism, then I need to understand my family. I need to understand the unconscious beliefs in my family or the story of what happened in my ancestors so that I can understand myself better. And from bringing that into my awareness, into my consciousness, then I can, then I have that inner standing to know what to do next, like from a, from a, a, from an awakened view. So that's what family constellations helps you see. Family constellations works from a systemic standpoint, understanding that the person is part of a whole system and specifically what it allows you to see is the unconscious part of that something that is being blocked. So for example, if I want to uh, heal or if I want to manifest a husband in my life, or if I want to manifest a job in my life, or if I want to manifest um, the, the house of my dreams in my life, and it's just not happening for multiple reasons, then I can tell that there's a blockage. So what Family Constellations allows is for you to be able to see what, where that blockage or where that wall originated. And it usually goes back to the history, whether it's of my life or generations before me. It's beautiful because you're able to access knowledge that has stayed with people that you can no longer talk to a lot of times, right? Because you're talking about going back generations and yes, we have our immediate family around and, but you can also access information that 
you no longer would be able to just ask like, hey, what happened in your life to your great, great, great grandma? You also talked about how it you first uh, got into it because you were invited to be a part of one. What does that mean? Like practically, what does it look like to be a part of a constellation? So this is something that I tell everyone and that I was told as well. And it's, I can try to explain family constellations like to the book, <laughs> but until you live it, it's that inner standing, it won't happen until you live it. So I do want to have that disclaimer <laughs> because so many questions arise. And why does this happen? It's because it works at a level that goes beyond our mind. So we have different bodies, right? Our physical body, our emotional body, our mind body, our energetic body. And the fact that it goes beyond our mind body, that's why we can't understand it intellectually, let's say. So that's what I mean by that. However, I will do my best to <laughs> explain it. But obviously from uh, starting from there. So there's just a, a couple of, of questions that may arise before I even get to what it is or how it works. Where I would like to start is understanding the principles that rule or that uh, the principles of family constellations so that we understand how this can go so deep, right? So profound. Um, so Bert Hellinger, he was German. He passed away, I think it was 2019, so not so long ago. He was like 97 um, or 98, but he left us this beautiful uh, tool, therapeutic tool that is based off of the orders of love. So just like there are laws in nature or universal laws, he discovered through this field, this quantum field, that there are orders or there are laws to love. And before, well, everyone believes, you know, love heals everything and all you need, all you ever need is love. And that's very romantic and beautiful. And obviously we all want to believe that. But what he discovered is that before love, there are rules or orders or laws. And so these are the, the, the laws that he says are important to establish so that love can manifest itself. So what does this mean from a more like perspective terrenal? I'm going to sp start speaking some <laughs> Spanglish here. So from a more tangible standpoint, what does this mean? It's like believing that the love is a blooming flower and that, that that's it. That's all it is. When in reality, for that flower to have bloomed, it started with a seed and then the roots grew and then it broke out of the soil and then it grew tall and then it bloomed. So that order of the seed, the roots, that's the order in order for love to continue to manifest in a way that we see as that blooming. But love starts even from the soil, from where it was dark. So given that, you're probably wondering, <laughs> what are these rules, right? Or what are these laws? So the first one is the order of belonging. What does this mean? That everyone in the system, in your family system, has a place. Everyone has a right to belong. And this seems very obvious until we talk about 
those who have been excluded from the system. And when have we done that, whether it's us in our life or in our our parents, our great parents? For example, if uh, granddad had a wife and then he had a second mistress or a mistress and they don't talk about this mistress who he had a daughter with and they don't talk about that daughter and they're like no 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 she's not she's not part of the family she was the mistress you know so that's when obviously out of not conscious intention we have excluded people within our family and whether it's the next generation or sometime in the next generations, someone will be looking at that exclusion. And by looking, I don't mean from with our eyes physically, but our, at our soul level, at a very energetic level, we will start manifesting in one way or another that someone needs to be included in the family. So this happens in that type of example. It happens, for example, with miscarriages or abortions. Sometimes it's the, the pain of the mom or the parents is so hard that they don't talk about, oh, you know, we, we don't have three kids, we have four. And we don't talk about that fourth because it was so painful. We don't mention it. Or abortions. Um, and this is whether it's conscious or not. Sometimes we're not aware that we had a miscarriage, um, whether it's because we took the day after pill or because sometimes we just don't know, right? Um, a miscarriage can happen literally the day after conception and it just didn't implant. Um, that from a systemic standpoint is also viewed as some a part that needs to be included in the system. And also, this is when, this is also the, the part that starts touching uh, sensitive fibers is people who have somehow stopped the flow of life. So this could be a violator, an assassin. In family constellations, we call them perpetrators. So anyone who has given the way to life and everyone who has stopped the way of life belongs to this family system. So the order of belonging is including the good and the maybe not so good, the parts that we don't see as very good. So that's one. And then the order of hierarchy is another one that seems very obvious because it says those who came first in the system have priority over those who came later. So one comes before two and two comes before three. And you're like, Alex, yeah, <laughs> right? Um, but we are number one at disorganizing that, at mixing it all up. And an easy example for this is understanding who came first. Mom and dad as a, as a couple or me as their child. Naturally, they came first. They're in the system first. However, as soon as they have a fight or whenever they're going through a process, whether that's a divorce, a separation, whatever the circumstance is, me as a daughter, I'm like, I'm going to tell you guys what to do, right? Mom, you shouldn't have done that. Dad, you should say sorry. Or somehow this is um, like the most common, right? But obviously there are 
lots and lots of examples where we do this at a much more profound level. And one of them, for example, is in divorced parents when the child says, mom, I don't want you to suffer. This is at a non-conscious level. Mom, I don't want you to suffer. I see your suffering. So I take the suffering for you. I live it for you. And unconsciously, what is this doing? This is making us feel that I'm higher than her and bigger than her, that she can't withstand her own pain. And so I'm making her weaker and I'm making myself bigger. And that's what Bert Hellinger calls arrogance. And that's when we mess up the order. <laughs> that's when I think I came first because I'm putting myself in her mom's or my grandma's shoes instead of respecting that natural order. And understanding this, it just takes so much weight off our shoulders to be like, yeah, I don't have to take care of mom. I don't have to take care of dad. I don't have to take care of my oldest brother. I don't have to take care of anyone but myself. And obviously, once I'm a mom, obviously, I, I now it'll be my role to be that first one, no? that one that came first. So it's interesting to see how something that seems so obvious, like one, two, three, four, we can mess it up so easily and so unconsciously. And obviously it's out of a blind love. That's how he calls it. It's a blind love. And that's why love is not enough because love is there, but it's messing things up until we find that order. And then lastly, the third one is the order of balance. And this means the art of giving and receiving. And so life is sustained by this divine order of giving and receiving. And we do this with all of our relationships, brothers, um, our partner, people at work. The only time that this doesn't apply is in the relationship of parents to children. So mom to daughter or dad to son, etc. Why? Because we will never, as children, be able to give back to them the great gift of life. The only way we can ever give back is by us continuing life through us. So whether that is a personal project, um, purpose, or a child, you know? And this can also touch sensitive fibers to some people because some people didn't grow up with mom, didn't grow up with dad, and they don't feel like they don't owe anything to dad or mom because of that relationship that they may have or not have had, whether it was abusive or whether they were absent or, you know, so many situations. And that's what's important. It's we're not applauding what they did. We are taking the energy that came from them that allowed me to be alive, that allowed me to come into life. And it's that energy, it's that force, it's that strength that comes from the system, not from what they did, not their actions. That's separate and that's different. But anyways, so the basis of family constellations. So every constellation that you'll see, this is what it's based off of. Um, and now explaining, finally getting to the part where we explain what it is, it's, it can be done in individually or it can be done in a group. So when I said that I was invited to a group, and this can be done physically or it can also be done online. 
what I have to identify as a patient is what do I need to, what do I want to heal? So it can literally be anything. It can be from a physical symptom, a diagnosis, a medical diagnosis. It can be from any emotion I am feeling uh, that's inhibiting me to live happily. It can be in regards to a relationship that could be my husband, that could be my child, that could be my mom. Basically, in other words, you can go there and heal, ask to heal anything, but it needs to be one at a time. And so what happens is that this quantum field opens, and I like to explain it this way. It's like the patient comes here with his own router, and he has a password. And the moment that he gets there, he shares the password with us. So the password is one, two, three. He shares the password with the group. And in this quantum field, the people that represent the story that he needs to heal will connect the information in his system. And so the representatives or the people that are selected to represent, whether it's him, his mom, whatever, the, whatever he wants to heal, they start feeling the sensations of the information that's in the patient. And this is where I also like to open up a very important parenthesis because so many people get intimidated by this and they say, well, are we invocating souls and this and that? And it's like, no, absolutely not. What we are accessing is the information because we are energetic beings and energy is information. So what we are accessing is the energy that's inside of the unconscious of the person. It's not the soul. It's just the information of how the patient sees that story, how the patient sees that blockage from an unconscious level, because how healing occurs is when you are able to see that part of your story from a new perspective that brings you calmness and tranquility. So that's what it is. It's a long explanation, but it needs to be done this way. <laughs> I loved it because I've talked to you about it, but I've never, I never knew about the orders and the things you talked about, you know, within the belonging, even actually the hierarchy and balance, as you said, it's like pretty simple concepts to understand at first. Right. But there's so much, whether it's because of family secrets, because of, I guess a lot of times too much pain, right. And not wanting to talk about that pain, but it is something that's staying energetically and that is transmitted and that we don't know. And, and so it's a way to be able to access it, see it and understand it. When you say that the patient comes in and, you know, shares the password, I love that analogy. Is it, are they playing a role themselves or are they watching it play within the people who are participating? So imagine like a room and there's people sitting in a circle and there, there's this space in the middle, right? I'm the therapist and the patient will sit next to me. I will ask interviewing questions, short interviewing questions. The less I know, the better. And that's why this is important because it's not a continuous therapy. It's something that you do as a complement to a continuing therapy. So what does this mean? Family Constellations is a tool to an already ongoing therapy. It's not something you do every day. Why? Because 
the movements here and the way Bert Hellinger explains it is the movements that happen here are movements from the soul and the spirit. And when we constellate, we have to let that movement move. It's like a ripple effect, right? So if we throw a rock at a pond, we have to just be patient for the ripples to get to the edge. So it's like the patient sits next to me and I ask these interviewing questions. The less I know, the better, so that I don't get into my mental state. Again, this is something that goes way beyond our mental body or our mental state. I'm going to give the example that this person wants to heal. Let me think of this example that I constellated last night, so I have it fresh. She wants to, const she wants to constellate uh, that she wants to be able to divorce her husband calmly like she wants to she wants a peaceful divorce because she's been trying to separate for five years or more and it's just a not healthy relationship so her desire is very clear i want a divorce but peacefully i ask her to select someone from the crowd from the people that are sitting in the circle someone to represent her and to someone to represent her husband because i want to see the information that the field will give me about how their relationship truly is. By truly, I mean unconsciously. Right. Rather than having her represent herself with her story and her beliefs. Exactly. Because otherwise, if I just take her story and I accept that he is hurting her and treating her bad, then I'm going to take sides and I'm going to be like, yeah, well, dump him, right? But this goes way beyond our understanding. This goes at that level of true unconditional love where we include everyone, including someone who can be hurting another person physically. So she's watching this. She's not inside of the field because she needs to be able to see this display kind of like a movie, right? So as when she sees this, she's able to bring into her consciousness what's really going on. What the constellation showed is that she wasn't available as a complete woman for her husband, what makes a complete woman. A complete woman or a complete adult is when we have integrated, when we have healed that inner child, when we have united with our inner child. And the constellation showed that her inner child was very wounded because she didn't have a relationship with her mom. Her mom was abusive to her. Her mom wasn't present in her life. And so There was a lot to, to heal there. She had never taken the force, the energy that comes through mom. And we're talking about life that comes through her. We're not, again, I'm not applauding that she wasn't present. We're just taking the life that did come through her. And how does this help with her wanting a divorce? Because once she can take the life that came from mom, from dad, then she can be an adult. And as an adult, you can set limitations. As an adult, you can say no. As an adult, you can become responsible of your decisions without falling into this victim state, which would be, I don't know, I didn't do anything. It's his fault. I don't have resources. 
that's something that um, from a child, a wounded child or a victim, these are all very words that are interchangeably used in constellations because in a child state, children are always victims, always, because of their children, right? They don't have the, they're, they're not in an adult state to take that responsibility. But when we grow internally and get into this adult state, then I feel strong enough to defend myself. Then I don't need to withstand a marriage that's abusive. So that's what a constellation showed us yesterday. And it was so beautiful because she healed so many things, right? She healed this relationship with mom. She was like, okay, yeah, even though mom wasn't present, I was able to feel that for nine months, she gave me nutrients. For nine months, she was able to uh, hold me and give life to me. That's very loving. <laughs> that's all there is to love, life, right? So she was able to take that. She was able to heal her inner child. And she was able to, as a, an adult, see her husband not as this aggressive or abusive man, but a, as someone who needed to be present in her life to show her this part of her that needed to be seen. It's like that mirror effect. Exactly. I love this so much because... I've experienced personally in talk therapy, right, talking about when you're coming from being a child and having the response and the unconscious just automatic like, no, whatever, whatever that response is, depending on what you're feeling. And it's one thing to understand that you're acting from that place, but it's another thing to be able to visualize it and actually see it, as you're saying, like as a mirror or as a movie and I think mm -hmm. for a lot of people, especially we all have ways of being able to understand things differently. And so for those of us who are much more visual, like being able to, yeah, see that, it sounds really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. It's very beautiful. It's very beautiful. So there is a part and it can happen. It doesn't always happen. And it's not better or worse. It just depends on the movement of the quantum field. But sometimes a patient we do bring them into the field. And why do we do this? So that we have that wireless connection. It's like we get closer to the router so the connection is stronger. So what happens here is that now she has a new perspective. The story hasn't changed. Her husband is still waiting for her at home, right? Like nothing physically has changed, but everything has changed inside of her and the, and the perspective given to her. So it's kind of like we let her sit in this field for a little bit so she can download or upload, I guess, upload the new information. That's like the best way I found to explain it because we're so, un we, we, we understand so well how Wi-Fi works, right? Yeah, I love that. And so is that, does that happen? Like you mentioned, you can do it as a group or individually. When you are doing it individually, are you then more of a part of it? A little bit, yes. Um, and there, neither way is better or worse. It's it's whatever resonates with you. Personally, I have done certain constellations for myself um, individually, like someone else has done them for me. And sometimes I go to the group. And what is how is it different? It's how empty I can be inside. Let me explain what I mean by this. How neutral I can be. Because 
if I want to heal, if I want a better relationship with my husband, right? If I if we're not getting along so well and I want a better relationship, it, it's going to be very hard for me to work individually and get out of that victim state of he's at fault. He's the one that's hurting me. He's the one that's doing this, 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 and that. And so when I'm constellating, even though the information is always real, there's a part of me that needs to take more time to go into that empty space or that neutrality in order to channel the information to this most essence. So it takes longer. That's the only difference. It just takes longer versus when I'm in a group, I'm not even talking to the person in, this, in the center of the circle because he's representing. And me as a therapist, I'm going straight to the source. There's no, like, I know for a fact there's no interpretation. I know for a fact that what I'm seeing in the body language and in, in, in the language of the field, it's not her mental images. It's real. I'm going straight to the source. So the only difference is that a constellation here can be a little shorter and the constellation individually just takes a little more time. But both get to the source. It's making source me definitely want to do it. Um, we have to – we'll find a time where we're in the same place again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yeah. Yes. And it can be done online as well. This is something True. that um, started happening after – the two years we were in lockdown and it's interesting how just the field always is just so profound. There's so much, uh, sabiduría, wisdom, um, because it, it opened the field opened more to allow for constellations to happen digitally or virtually. And they are so powerful. Sometimes they're even more powerful because really like people from all over the world connect and they don't have any information about you. You know, they don't know anything about you. So the information it's, it's very, that's why I said earlier, the less I know, the better. And that's why the interview questions are very specific. It's only so that I have enough knowledge to know where to go, but then everything else, it's your mental images that I'm not interested in because that's what's keeping you in that blockage. So I don't want that. I want to go to the source. Yeah, that's so cool. And so for somebody who might be listening and is like, okay, I'm sold. I want to try this. How would someone get about doing it, whether it was in person or virtually? So I work with my husband. <laughs> my husband, he's also a family constellator. And currently, if you want to work with us physically, we work in Ecuador. But we are opening up a virtual floor, I want to say, where what we need is an enough group. So if you want to constellate, then we just have to schedule it and find all the other people, the representatives, we need about 10, 15, so it's not a crazy number, um, for that to happen. And then virtually that can happen as well. But also what I do is I have a mastermind and this is where I work just myself. And it's a three-month mastermind. And it's not that we constellate every session or every week, but everything that I teach is based off of these principles and these orders. And there's just so there's so many roads to go in and 
uh, heal that three months actually is very short. But in those three months, you get to discover yourself from this very pure essence because the dynamics and the exercises we do are based off on this technology. Let's say that Wi-Fi, you know, that uh, information that allows us to see ourselves from not the mental images that we have constructed, but from what's really, really profound. So that's something if, if you want to go through a process of more a deeper inner standing and inner knowing, then I would obviously recommend that. But if there's something that you specifically would like to heal, sometimes it's a, a diagnosis. Sometimes it's like uh, something that you're going through medically. Or, I mean, I've had people come to me and say, you know, this doesn't seem very serious, but I lose the keys to my house every day. And I'm like, well, you know, everyone can laugh about that and be like, just put a little chip and then you won't lose it. But actually, those have been some of the constellations that I have opened up to realms that I go really far, far, far back because everything's information. So some doesn't have to be something that's like life or death. It can, it can be something that, yes, is very important for you and that is affecting your life because we don't want to constellate just anything, right? We don't want to open the field for just, hey, can I see how my life is doing? We cannot do that. It's not an oracle. <laughs> But things like the keys are... It happens. Or another one that happened was I lose my wallet all the time, all the time. Or people are stealing from me all the time. I'm tired of people stealing from me what's going on. And so then, then we can open up a constellation. So if you have something specific that you would like to, to, to see and to, to constellate, then that's something that can be arranged. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I love it. And we'll definitely share all the, your website and Instagram and everything in the notes so that um, people can find you. So we love to uh, end with a few rapid fire questions for all of our guests. So this podcast is called Unlock Your Vitality. So the first one is how do you unlock your vitality these days? Is there like a habit or yeah, something that you do? You personally. Me personally, how I unlock my vitality. I think the, the, the word that just came to me and I think, I mean, I'm feeling it is gratitude. I feel like when I don't wake up or when I don't live my day from that gratitude state, I don't feel my bestest. <laughs> um, so when I do do that, obviously I try to do it almost every day, but I'm human. So I have my days, my up days and my down days. But the days that I feel like a tigress <laughs> is when I connect with gratitude. To me, that's the, the most powerful sensation that I get in my body and I feel it in my cells. I feel like I feel my cells dancing and vibrating when I profoundly connect with gratitude. I love that. Awesome. The next one is, what are you saying no to these days? Is there anything that you've just had to say no to lately? No to wanting to be in control. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's something that in different parts of my life, 
I'm Virgo. So Virgos tend to be known for this, <laughs> being perfectionists and wanting things our way. And I think I've worked at that a lot. But life in this moment in my life has given me a new exam. It's like the next level exam. So it's being able to say no to wanting to be in control. Yeah, I can relate to that for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what's on your nightstand? Like a book, glass of water, whatever. On my nightstand. Okay. I have so many things on my nightstand. <laughs> yes, I have a lamp. I have my book, whatever, whichever book I'm, I'm reading at the moment. I have my essential oils, specifically the ones I use for nighttime. I have chapstick. <laughs> I have a box of Kleenex because I have a sinus problem. So I'm always blowing my nose in the middle of the night. And I also, um, what else do I have? Chapstick. Oh, yes. And I have a photo of my husband when he was a baby. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. It's the cutest. <laughs> I love it. it. All right. And the last one is if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? I think it would be, this is a, an interesting question. I don't think ever, anyone has ever asked me this. <laughs> so many answers are coming through. I think it would be to trust your, your values, trust the values that you grew up in, even though it may seem hard and you want to rebel against them. But if those values make sense to you, trust that. Yeah, I love that. So mm -hmm. beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Alex. This was such a first, like informative, but also deep um, episode. And for me, I mean, I'm sold. It's making me want to, yeah, figure some things. There are so many things, specific things that came out that I was like, this would be really interesting in, in family constellations. So. Yes. It's hard to summarize something that's so profound or, so, it's, you know, I have a podcast that each episode I dive deep into just one little topic. So I hope that this episode really brings uh, new information and sparks this curiosity to whichever path you decide to follow, whether it's constellations or any other therapy, but in essence, it's to go deep, 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 deep within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing your Thank wisdom you. and your healing with us all. Um, and I can't wait for people to, yeah, look more and learn more into it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, guys. Oh, See you next week. <laughs>